Hey, Ryan. What? How can global warming reduce terrorism? How? Because the ice is melting. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Lucid. Love you. You love a car for the road trips. Show me the miles and your arms and the This is episode eight. Starring your host, one man, Ryan Muskin, and another man, Levi Rainey. Hey, nice. Good job. My throat really hurts now. Yeah, you. It hurt beforehand too. Wow. Yeah, we should. Yeah, keep it going though. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyways, welcome to Lucidity episode eight. Title this episode is Home. Today we're talking about Earth, uh, planet Earth, our home, our collective home, and we're talking more specifically about climate change and global warming. So I know that about half of you just turned this off, and <laughs> the other half just grabbed your pen and paper, because this is a very... Uh, they just grabbed their pen and paper. <laughs> probably. No, no, I don't think they did. No, you're probably just sitting no. there listening, thinking, can we People don't usually this? listen to podcasts at their desk, so... People don't usually listen to podcasts. It's kind of like an on-the-go kind of thing. Like, there's like the small population that listens to podcasts, <laughs> and then there's the but minuscule s- population that listens to us. <laughs> yeah. And it's like me, you, uh, <laughs> close friends. Some close. Some don't even <laughs> listen to it. They're like, it's disgusting. Why would you? Why would you do that? Uh, and yeah, and then some random people, some from France, Australia. Shout out to Australia. Yeah, fun. Like we are pretty international <laughs> on a minuscule level. Yeah, we have like. Almost two fans outside of the United States. <laughs> and those almost two fans <laughs> share this world with us. Great transition. They share the world. Great transition, Levi. Because right. now I can jump right into it. You see, there is a crisis right now. There? Well, <laughs> there is a crisis. There is a crisis right now. And while it may not affect us now, our children and grandchildren will be facing it. The climate. Oh, boy. The climate. Oh boy! The, cli- <laughs> the climate, <laughs> the climate is changing as a result of human activity, and we need to acknowledge that. No more denial, and that starts here, on lucidity. D d d d d d d d. Over the past few weeks, I've been reading about climate change. A lot. I don't know why. I just it's just the thing I've been doing. I think it's interesting, and I guess I used to. I come from a fairly conservative family, so I used to be really skeptical. Uh, <laughs> of scientific facts of, of facts yeah and then college and things happened and i was like hey my eyes are open and now more recently i've been reading about this because i thought it was cool and there's endless indisputable facts suggesting that it is not only very very real but it's the result of anthropogenic actions so things that humans do and like you were just joking about there it's all fact it's not like i, I like how when it comes to politics, it's just like an opinionated thing. Like, yeah, just I... one side who may or may not have <laughs> right. a larger trunk than the other. Yeah, uh, <laughs> just just doesn't agree with science at all. It's great. Mm-hmm. Just... You can't like argue with it. It's not right. an opinion. <laughs> is the sky blue? Mm. I don't feel like the sky is no. blue. Mm. I don't. No, feel no, like... no. Blue is the Democrats' color. <laughs> what? Throw out some uh, fun facts. <laughs> blue is the Democrats. I like that. See today. Only about 16% of the U.S. population denies climate change, which is really good because you we... say only like that isn't like one in six. People. Yeah, but it used to be way, way worse. And we're finally starting to reach a point where it's decreasing pretty rapidly. 
which is good to hear. And that's also as the baby boomers die off. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, sorry, baby boomers. Baby that boomers was... gotta love this. They're a prime demographic. <laughs> we we do. <laughs> we never a lot. even we never even insult them. <laughs> we never made an episode where we just insulted them the entire time. <laughs> it was like eighty percent of it. That's not even all of it. Go listen to episode four, kids these days. Um, to continue though, sixteen percent of the U.S. population dies climate change. However, thirty-one point five percent, which is a huge portion of Americans, deny that climate change is the result of human activity. And that's where the problem lies. People, 31, basically a third of Americans don't believe that climate change is happening because of uh, basically us using fossil fuels. They believe that's just a natural occurrence. Yeah, I've heard the argument, uh, it's a cycle. <laughs> yeah. Like it's no different than the ice. We're technically in an ice age right now. Like, no. Well, no, it's not. No, it's, it's much more drastic and much much more complicated much than that. And if you let's talk to any scientist, they'll say that's about as good of an argument as... Literally any scientist, yeah. yeah. If you're not just talking to your crazy they'll uncle say, at Thanksgiving. Right. It's just, you know, it's the, uh, it's the cycles of the earth. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, boy. It's an, we're, it's an ice age. It's ice age two, revenge of the nut. Right. Is like, it, like as if the talking? scientists are wrong about the complexity of their answers and... Your average Joe knows that it's just the cycles of the earth. It's like people who denied gravity until that breakthrough was found like a month ago. Right. (laughs) Like, no, we can't. We can't know gravity's real. What? 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 Just destroy some (laughs) of it. So the following are some statistics from NASA. Uh, Consider the following. <laughs> you can you can find these statistics on NASA's website, basically on the front page. Uh, they're they're all relevant to climate change, global warming. Um, but before I get into those, I really quickly want to explain why there's two phrases and why it's becoming more and more popularized as climate change now and not global warming. Technically, it is global warming. The global the average global temperature is increasing. Uh, that is why it's called global warming. But that the wording because people are stupid. Uh, they'll say, oh, when it's like a really freezing cold winter day, they'll say, so mm. much for global warming. Yeah. Because they don't How understand. How can it be global warming if it's snowing? Yeah. <laughs> oh, couldn't tell you. This is, this is the it. coldest winter we've had in years. There's no way the global warming. No. How could this be? Right. No. Right. Uh, which is extremely dumb. So they're calling it climate change to make it easier for those people to understand. <laughs> <laughs> uh but and they gonna, still don't. Yeah, and they're they still, still like, nah, they the still climate's don't. not. The climate's always been changing. Oh, <laughs> it's a cycle. It's a, yeah. Not to mock anyone who doesn't believe in global warming, but... But, it, yeah, if you don't believe in global warming, I want you to continue to listen. I don't mean to keep making fun of you, because this episode is to convince you, but it's really hard for me to not laugh at it. Anyways, <laughs> let me go into it. Carbon dioxide levels in the air are at the highest they've been in 650,000 years. That's not an Earth. That's not just a cycle, guys. Uh, the average global temperature has increased by 1.4 degrees Fahrenheit since 1880, which is really, I mean, it sounds small, 1.4 degrees, but in such a short period of 140 years, that's uh, a lot. And it's, yeah, it's an astronomical rise in that short period of time. Arctic ice has dropped 13.4% every 10 years. So that is insane and ridiculous. Uh, nine of the ten warmest years in recorded history have occurred since 2000. That's probably 
one of the most shocking facts I found. Nine of the ten warmest years in recorded history. We have a lot of recorded years uh, in temperature, and nine of the ten warmest have been in just since 2000, the past 16 years. So that, that kind of gives you a little bit of a glimpse. Land ice has melted 287 billion, billion with a B, that's 1,000 millions, by the way, 287 billion metric tons per year. And due to that, uh, we now have sea levels that have risen 7 inches in the past 100 years. Even about 7 inches is like, oh, that's not much. Um, when you're talking about a global scale of ocean, sea... <laughs> levels rising seven inches it's gonna take out um a lot of land and uh i was reading about it and you can go on to uh, nasa's website they actually have a map that shows uh by i think it's 2050 um how much land is going to be lost if uh global warming continues at the rate that's going and how much water is going to take up that land so we're gonna be right back after this quick little break, and we're going to talk about why people deny climate change and why it's a controversy that shouldn't even exist. Be right back. It's getting late, but we're still going strong. No, I can't drive you off because I don't know how long I'll be waiting until I see you again. I would swim with the sharks for the beat of your heart. Here we go. Why do people deny climate change? You might ask. Well, we've got an answer. It's <laughs> history. History time. Yeah, you know. So, back in 1940, Coke Industries was founded by Frederick C. Coke. Soon thereafter, his sons, Tweedledee and Tweedledum, and Charles and David Coke, Bought out the company from their other brothers. While Coke Industries is massively involved in the economy, its mainstay is in the oil and energy industries. Today, they are worth $21 billion each. Early 1990s, the scientific consensus discovered that burning fossil fuels like oil and coal, creating carbon emissions, led to changing the Earth's climate. The Koch brothers gathered their other dirty, maniacal, money-loving, greedy billionaire butt-buddies <laughs> and forged a group of endless wealth that funded a movement to convince the public that climate change is a theory. In 2007, Koch brothers paid a group of scientists to publish an article that polar bears weren't being affected by global warming. They funded nearly $80 million toward climate change denial. Coke had also funded politicians, forcing their control of legislation to protect their industry so they could be billionaires for the rest of their lives. And that was history time. <laughs> I think narrated by Frank Underwood. I don't yeah, I was going for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, billionaires, the uh, big oil industry is... The billionaires! Uh, they're paying for people to basically not believe in global warming and then people do which is scary now we're going to dive into an interview i had with dr bob breka dr bob breka uh teaches physics at the university of dayton he's he spent a lot of his time uh studying 
uh, eco-friendly technology and, and things of that sort. Um, he'll talk about that a little bit in this interview coming up and about what we have to look for on the horizon and why we should be worried about climate change. We'll be right back. My name is Bob Brecka. I'm a professor in the physics department at the University of Dayton. I also teach in the Renewable and Clean Energy graduate program, and I also helped found our Sustainability Energy and the Environment initiative and work in the Hanley Sustainability Institute. Uh, and that's why we have you on the show today, because you seem like you would know a lot about the environment and, um, I guess, climate change, which is what we've been talking about this episode, and how a lot of people deny climate change, which is a, a pretty big deal, and we kind of want to just explain why there's so much scientific basis behind it, um, what's causing climate change, and uh, how we're looking to reverse the effects of it. So I wanted to ask you first uh, how certain we are that climate change is uh, it's an effect of anthropogenic activities. So in the scientific community, there's really no doubt about this. It's, it's been certain for quite a long time. In fact, the first person who did some real, what we would now call climate modeling, to say that if we put more CO2 in the atmosphere, it would change the average temperature of the Earth, was a chemist named Arrhenius, and he did this in the 1890s. So we've really known the basics of how this climate system works for a long time. And, and amongst scientists who work at all in the field of climate science, that is, physicists and chemists who happen to be concentrating on that, that area, there's virtually no doubt about the basics of the climate system. There's details to work out, but right. the basics are there. Right. And, and how certain are we, though, that it's, like, it's, it's the cause of human... Yeah, and that's, and that's a really good question because the, there, there are two separate ones. Is the, are we seeing temperature changes and glacier melting and all that, which are the signs of climate change? Ocean acidification is another one. How certain are we that humans are doing this? And again, it's very certain. We know that the levels of CO2 in the atmosphere have been increasing, methane as well. These are two of the most potent greenhouse gases that lead to the temperature change. And we know that the CO2 is coming from humans, not just because we know that we can match up the, the amount that we emit through burning fossil fuels and through cutting down trees and things, and then see that that matches up with what we'd expect to appear in the atmosphere and see that those measurements all agree. But the other part is that there's actually more subtle things like signatures of, of the, the isotopes of carbon, the different kinds of carbon there are, tell us something about where it came from and we can tell from that right. that it's from fossil fuels in the ground that so, we dug out and burned. So there's pretty concrete evidence. There's extremely concrete evidence right. of this. Right. Great. Uh, so how has climate change been affecting our lives or how is it going to affect our lives down the line if we keep going the way we are? The, the effects are starting to become more apparent and, and those are, are really being attributed. It's always hard to say a specific event is because of climate change, but the way scientists tend to look at it is say, certain events become much more likely because of the changing climate, and that in includes heat waves and droughts and, and big events because of sea level rise that lead to flooding. So those are some of the things that we see right now. So really the heat waves are probably one of the bigger ones, and bleaching of coral in the oceans, we're seeing that corals are, are dying off essentially. 
whether that's permanent or not, we'll see. But sure. but there's a lot of things that are we're starting to really see the effects coming out of the background noise. There's a lot of fluctuations normally in the climate, but we're starting to see things now that wouldn't have happened without the the increase in CO2 and the increase in temperature. Certainly. And so, how concerned should we be about about these effects on our lives? And uh, how like I guess how urgent is the issue of global warming? It probably depends a little bit on who you are and where you are. There are there are some places in whatever North Dakota or or Canada that might see some advantages, but overall scientists are convinced that the impacts will be negative, and and so wealthy countries like the U.S. have options to adapt more easily, and so maybe we don't need to be quite as concerned. But I tend to think of this as a big system around the whole world, and so we are going to see more strong effects on especially poorer countries. That leads to conflicts. It leads to a lot of other things. So those things don't leave us alone in the end. And so really, for me, it's an urgent issue. It's an extremely urgent issue to be dealt with now so that we don't suffer consequences down the line. Certainly. So what uh, steps can, can we take now, like as individuals, to kind of uh, go back on, on the impacts that we've had on the environment? And I guess, what advances are we currently making in technology to also do that? Renewable energy is, is the biggest piece. We need to get away from burning fossil fuels. And so renewable energy tends to be the my favorite solution, along with energy efficiency, being much more efficient with the way we use energy. So. Uh, wind and solar energy have gotten much cheaper to where they're as cheap as other ways of generating electricity. So that seems to be a really good path that we can keep following. Are, are those, as these, are these alternative energy sources? Are they efficient? Like, are we able to use them as well as we are with fossil fuels, or are we going to have to find more alternative routes? I think I think they're they're already efficient. Um, I've just seen just saw something in a headline today that said that it was estimated that we could get forty percent of our electricity in the country just from rooftop solar panels. Wow. So th that says they're efficient in that sense. Usually, most people are more interested in the cost. How costly sure. are they compared to fossil fuels? And like I said, they're getting to be competitive there as well. So right. I think it's they're is good there, technology. Is there more of like a long term cost to fossil fuels versus renewable energy there there are long-term costs of fossil fuels because of climate change sure and there are short-term costs because we know that fossil fuels especially coal cause a lot of health problems and other things and that we haven't been taking into account up until now and so there are really multiple benefits to switching from fossil fuels towards renewable energy and better energy efficiency right and are there any real exciting kind of new things coming out new technology that you know of uh that might be on the horizon for what we might be using in the fossil fuels down the line or any kind of new things that you've seen in the field? I, I don't see new technologies in the same way. I mean, people always hope about for a miracle technology that's yeah. going to solve everything. Right. I don't see that as being the, the, the big push. I really think it's going to be more how do we, for example, for me, the, one of the biggest things is electrification of of transportation, electric vehicles. Mm -hmm. And and that's something that's generating a lot of excitement and is becoming more reasonable. And really, when people start driving electric cars, they don't want to go back because they're quiet, they're more efficient, they're cheaper to run, they're, they have better acceleration. So I think that kind of thing really makes a shift in how we, how we operate. Right. So individuals can take steps, too. It's not just the large corporations or... 
it's 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 individuals can take steps although i really do think that we we need to not only concentrate on our individual individual actions that's important too and i i agree with that sure. but i really think that that it's important to keep up the pressure on politicians, on corporations, and a lot of corporations are doing this. They're already recognizing first that consumers want more green technologies and options, organic foods, et cetera. And in their own operations, they're re realizing, oh, wait a second, this makes sense financially. It pays off, and so why shouldn't right. we do it? Right, exactly. And, uh, and so you think that down the line, we're moving towards that more, or, or do you think that there's still a lot of pressing to be done? Um, a lot more, I, you know, I, one of the reasons I did this episode, not that I think I'm going to inform the whole public, but I'd like to think that some people will listen to this and maybe think again about climate change or how they're using resources. And yeah, energy. I think I think that um, the, we're moving in that direction. I think it's becoming your generation is is probably a lot less skeptical about climate change than than members of my generation. I think that's it, that's one of these other issues that as sort of my generation, those a little bit older, die off. Right. It's just not going to be, for example, it's not going to be a political question in the U.S. whether China, climate change is occurring. It's going to just be something that we know we need to deal with and that your generation will be working with some help from my generation to make changes in the future and that, that are going to be good in many different ways. And so it's going, I hope it gets away from being a political issue, which it's not. Right, right. All right. Well, that's it. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on your show. Yeah. Thank you, doctor, uh, for your interview. That was fantastic. We really appreciate you being on the show. Now we're going to dive a little bit more into some of the things that we should be experiencing as climate change increases and global warming gets worse. Storms, floods, heat waves, and drought are becoming more frequent and extreme as climate warms. And in many cities, even a fraction of an inch of rainfall already leads to flooding and sewage overflows. Blech. Flooding on major rivers is expected to... is <laughs> it's not funny. It's expected to become more likely and coastal communities will be threatened by rising sea levels. Severe and prolonged drought is affecting water supply and quality. And deadly heat waves are posing a particular risk to the young, the elderly, and the poor. And the thing is, humans are accountable for all of this, <laughs> uh, whether or not we want to admit it. So I was kind of reading about the very like mathematical science behind how this is humans' activity that is causing climate change. And this is basically the most fundamental way I can explain it using numbers. Humans are accountable for about 30 gigatons. That's billion tons is what that means. 30 gigatons of CO2 emission in a year. Uh, the natural world is responsible for 780 gigatons. So obviously people can say, oh, it's not the humans. It's just Earth cycles because Earth puts out way more than the humans do. But no, the Earth naturally has always put out 780 gigatons and in return, the Earth, uh, plants and whatnot, absorb the other 780 gigatons. So there's it just balances out. That's how Earth has always functioned, and that's why there's been a balance until the Industrial Revolution came along and humans started putting out an extra 30 gigatons, which means that every year, a little bit less is being absorbed and a little bit more is remaining in our atmosphere. That is the, the most fundamental, simple way I can explain it to you. 
So Levi, buy a Prius, would you? Look around you. Think of everything you've ever experienced, your entire existence and the existence of everyone and everything you've ever known. All of it is here, where it all began, on Earth. This is our home. We share it together, and we have a responsibility to give back the love that the Earth has provided for us. To maintain a stable planet for the sake of the future. For our children, our grandchildren, and all future generations. Let us not be the generation of devastation. Let's rebuild our home. Lucidity. In a world where one host wraps up the episode, he reads a script that goes like this. Thanks for listening to this episode of Lucidity, our website where you can find this episode and all our episodes, along with our social media links and extra information, is luciditypodcast.com. We're going to be back next Tuesday, for sure this time, unlike the last Tuesday where we come a couple Tuesdays ago when we completely lied and just didn't show up. Yeah, we'll be back next Tuesday <laughs> with a new episode, and this time we're going to be talking about shaken baby syndrome, which sounds extremely specific and really sad. Buckle your seatbelts, It's going to be quite an interesting, quite a time. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, so be sure to check that out next week. That's going to be fun. Hit the subscribe button if you like the show and leave us a review on iTunes. Let us know what you think. It really helps us out a lot, you guys. Seriously. Yes, I can actually leave us a review. I'd really, really like, appreciate it. I survive off of gold stars. Like, hashtag get us onto new and noteworthy. That's right. That's right. <laughs> awesome. Lucidity is written by Ryan Muskin and produced by Levi Rainey. Our theme music is provided by George Watsky. Additional music in this episode was provided by Alex Iono and bensound.com. <laughs>